The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We're starting off with Aiden Ingalls, the Director of Programs at the Boyle Street Community Services. Hi, Aiden. How are you? How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for asking. So, Aiden, we're, we're in the midst of rain, but it's not quite extreme weather, but but there's something to be said about how extreme weather events impact Edmonton's most vulnerable. Can you take us into um, the challenges that they face when, when it gets extremely hot, extremely cold, extremely smoggy? Yeah, I think one of the uh, issues, obviously, living in, in Edmonton specifically is that the weather can change uh, quicker than any of us can keep up with it. And uh, it, people often aren't prepared. And, and whether it's winter or summer, uh, you know, and it's hot or cold, that still puts people at a lot of risk, especially when they're not prepared. And uh, it often leaves, uh, you know, agencies such as ourselves at Wall Street, but, but also a lot of our uh, other agencies that, that work with vulnerable populations in a scramble to make sure that we can, you know, make sure that people are safe and and that we're able to, you know, keep working with them to, to obviously prevent them being in those vulnerable situations in the future. Right. And now City Council coming up with a bit of a plan to hopefully keep everyone safe. Can you take us into what's behind that? And so I haven't had the chance to see the specific details, but I know a lot of the discussions that I have been involved with um, are that, you know, we we need to have a coordinated response. And I really um, happy to see the leadership that the city's taking in this. I think we've had a really strong uh, coordination of services in the winter with our winter emergency response for, for several years, which has been headed by Homer Trust, but really has, has community agency, city, uh, province, all involved at, at that table and making sure that we're co- coordinated. But uh, we don't usually have that in the summer. Uh, well, we don't have it in the summer. And, and even in the winter, when things really, um, really, there's a cold snap that comes and, and, and lasts for a while, we still often find ourselves scrambling. We're still uh, working together, but it, it puts, you know, uh, it puts people's lives at risk. And so there's obviously uh, a scramble to come up with a solution. And I think that having hopefully a year-round sort of plan in response to how to uh, prepare and how to react when things do change quickly, we can you know, make sure that people are as safe as possible. Aiden, we went through a brutal rough patch this past winter and, you know, the city responds by by opening up the, the LRT terminals, but that can't be the ultimate solution here is just allowing people to still be outside. Yes, it is a bit warmer down there, but ideally you would want to pe- put people in a proper sheltered place, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, ideally you want to, to have people placed in uh suitable housing that they can maintain and that they're going to be supported in depending on what level of support they need. Uh, but the reality is when weather like that hits, um, not ever we do have people who are still experiencing homelessness or maybe in sort of an emergency situation where they find themselves outside and can't get to a safe place. And so there is some sort of need to, uh, to have 
kind of emergency places like that to go. But I, I agree that the LRT isn't the uh, most appropriate place. And I think that's where having a plan in place that, you know, is, you know, led by the city, but in strong collaboration with uh community agencies can really make sure that yeah we're getting people in a place that's keeping them safe but also is um appropriate and uh, and and can be managed but also dignifying it and and you know is somewhere that you know if i was in a situation where i couldn't get to my car or you know my you know i i would be willing to go to Shelter is obviously, you know, imperative in situations like this, but have the conversations that you've had with council members and administration, has has food and, and water and or coffee in the winter been discussed as well? Um, yeah, I mean, that's always uh, an issue. I mean, to, to take that a little bit, of, uh, that's an issue all year round, right? Whether it's during the winter and we're trying to keep people warm and make sure that they have proper uh food and, and and stuff like that and clothing but it's also a huge issue when we have weather like we've experienced for the last couple of weeks where there's rainstorms and people get completely soaked uh, or when there's a heat wave and people don't have access to you know shade or uh proper hydration or food i mean that's that's an issue that isn't uh, specific to just the winter, I, we often go to the extreme because it's it's the cold. But the heat can be just as as deadly and and dangerous for folks, and it, it can creep up on on you a little bit more too. So it can, um, I think, sometimes people let their guard down when it gets a little bit warmer, and uh, we forget that uh, the heat can have significant impacts on people as well. Aiden, when the forest fires were burning so intensely i think that was a month and a half ago all i could think of was everyone outside who didn't have clean air to breathe somewhere else and we're just kind of stuck in this poor air quality health index are there services available in those cases where the the air quality is so bad um like well our our drop and i know there's other drop-ins throughout the city that have hours during the day but obviously people aren't usually going to they have things that they need to do during the day and like anyone else and so they're going to get out and get around so i think a lot of it is making sure that people are know where they can go if they're feeling that they're being impacted by that because it didn't take very you know as soon as you stepped outside in that weather it, it had a toll on you and and the reality is that a lot of the uh folks that access services uh, at our center um have compromised health and so it can impact them even quicker so we really need to make sure they're aware make sure that there's water available and all those sorts of things and that um that people are looking out for themselves and their friends and aware of, of what to do if someone does seem to be uh you know having a really uh tough time with the uh, you know air quality or something like that so in an ideal world aiden what would be you know the, the the big few components that must be included in this plan, in your opinion. Um, I think there needs to be uh, a str- a strong communication strategy so that uh, there isn't there aren't any kind of uh, knee jerk reactions when there you know people who may be a concerned citizen, which is great. You know, starts 
you know, something on Twitter and it kind of goes viral so that we can say, you know, there is a plan in place. This is how, where people can go, or this is who, if you see someone in trouble, you can call. And, uh, so that, you know, city folks working in the city can communicate that out, but also agencies can communicate that out and, uh, know how they're going to respond and how they're going to be supported uh, to to carry out that sort of response. Because a lot of times there may be funding for, again, we go back to something like winter, there may be certain programs that are funded during the winter, but when a heat wave comes on, there, we're often, I know a lot of agencies are scrambling for things like water donations and stuff like that, and there isn't, uh, you know, that isn't something that we have budgeted in. So we have to kind of rely on the goodwill of folks to, to, to make those sort of donations. What have you been hearing from the community itself? I mean, members uh, of the most vulnerable community in the city, what have they been telling you or, or telling other agencies in the area? Um, I mean, folks, they mostly they want to know that there's going to be a service that they that is consistent and that they can rely on. And that's one of the fears that we often have with programs that aren't consistently funded or that we kind of scramble to maintain funding for is, um, well, what one, we can't message, how do, how do I get that message out to a population who maybe isn't coming into a drop-in or isn't uh, going in and getting any support services? How do we let them know that, say, our winter emergency bus isn't running yet because we don't have funding and they're going to go and, and stay at where they expect it to come for an hour when it's minus 25 and, and that, that service isn't going to show up. So I think what we hear from folks is like it, just the consistency and, and, and if things do change, we need to have uh, to be the ability to give people uh, that message early on because some people we may not see on a regular basis, so we can't expect to be transferring that message in, you know, a 48 or 24 hour window and, and reaching uh, everybody or even a significant portion of the population. You talk about time being of the essence. How well are we responding to these extreme weather events when it comes to protecting those who need it? Um, I think l- looking at it as a year round uh, response is a really great place to start because this all there are issues that I that I spoke of that can pop up at any time and so I think that that's really the way to do it and not just break it down by season because it's often a lot of the same service providers year round whether it is winter or summer and so I think that's absolutely key Aiden Ingalls is the director of programs at Boyle Street Community Services Aiden thanks for your time thanks for having me